He played 442 games in the National Hockey League, earning a Stanley Cup ring with the New York Rangers number 16, Nick Kiprios. Yeah, that's who we've got on the Battalion Blog Podcast this week. No, not Mr. Kiprios, the other guy, the voice of the battalion at the rink at Memorial Gardens. It's Brian Floyd. He joins me on the show this week. So we're going to talk to him about what it's like to be the PA announcer of the North Bay Battalion. Talk a little bit about one of our PA announcing idols, Mr. Andy Frost. As well as, as always, we'll recap the week that took place for the North Bay Battalion on the ice. So stay tuned. All that coming up on this week's Battalion Blog Podcast. In the slippery zone, Goodrill holds it, shoots, scores, scores! North Bay has won the division! Warrior on the back, and he scores! Pour some sugar on that one! Special delivery for Special K, and he scores! Amadio! Hey, ho, Amadio! This is the Battalion Blog Podcast with the voice of the Battalion, Matthew Sucrum. And joining me on today's show, we've got the in-rank voice of the battalion, our public address announcer at Memorial Gardens, Mr. Brian Floyd. Brian, thanks so much for joining me. I like the way you do that. You should introduce me every single game. That's great. I'll do it. I mean, I've got time before I go on the air, so. Yeah, so you jump on the mic, and then you pass the mic over to me. Sounds good. I'm Brian Floyd. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. <laughs> I love it. Um, let's talk about that. Uh, part of the show is just a... Kind of give the fans a behind-the-scenes look at at uh, different aspects of of the battalion, how a hockey club uh, kind of runs, or or how how it's covered. And being on the PA mic is is certainly a way of of how the fans get their information. And uh, just tell me a little bit about it. What uh, to you? What is the best part about being a public address announcer? Man, it's. It, I, I feel like I have the best job in the rink. You know, I mean, I say something, and it's just it's amazing how fans react to the littlest piece of information. Like I could say that, you know, uh, Kisslinger got a penalty, and if it was a bad call, people will boo, and they'll rain down the boos. Or, or for instance, uh, Riley Bruce just came back from a ten-game suspension. Right. And 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 then I like to kind of ham it up for Riley Bruce. Sure. One of my favorite names to say. Yes. Because I can do the. It's like the old Luongo thing where yeah. everyone goes Lou. So when you say Riley Bruce, I go Riley Bruce, and then everyone goes Bruce. Yeah. And some people lost their minds when he came back in. But uh, you know, you can announce a good penalty or 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 a goal or you know if it's a local boy like Hargrave or mm-hmm. or Lyle. And they get a goal or a point, then it's it's a big deal. Uh, I always find it funny when um, when J- if Jake Smith, our goaltender Jake Smith, gets a uh, gets an assist. Sure. The applause is louder for him to get a <laughs> third or a second assist than, than for the, the guy that goal. Himself. Yeah, that's it, right. It's really funny. But um, but it's it's just it's so funny because you know I have a bird's eye view of all the games and I, I sit there and I kind of observe. The fans, and uh, you know, it, it's cool because I'm a fan as well, right? Mm-hmm. So I react to to certain situations. Like when we're in the playoffs, I have people coming up to me all the time and say, "Man, it's you know, you, you just it brings so much energy to it." Right. I you know almost feed off that adrenaline that's that's going uh, on the ice, and I feed off the crowd as well. You know, if the crowd is is into it, then I'm going to be into it, and vice versa. So it is it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool dynamic. You're you're pretty close to the fans. I know um, when 
when the Centennials were here or when uh, the Lakers uh, were playing. Or, or Well, they still are playing at Memorial Gardens, but when that was the big draw in town, um, the public address announcer was sitting up in that gondola yeah. in the Raptors. You are literally a row behind the fans. I'm, I'm so how rewarding is it to, to, yeah, to be amongst them and to hear that feedback? It's cool because, you know, every once in a while somebody passes me a hot dog or <laughs> like, you know, like a can of pop or something. Um, yeah, it's, it's, like I said, it's, it's really cool because, you know, I can hear the bickering in the crowd. Sure. And I can hear what the fans are saying and I can hear how they're reacting to calls in certain plays on the ice. And, and everyone, you know, they're, they're 3,500 to, to 4,000 referees in the crowd yeah. at all times, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just really cool how people react and, and to be down in with the fans, it's, it's so, it's, it's really mm-hmm. cool for me because it's, you know, it's almost like. I'm not only the public address announcer, but I'm also a fan of the team. Right. I'm down with, you know, the hardcore fans of the North Bay Battalion. It's, it's really cool. And you can be you can be a little more biased as a public address announcer than uh, myself as a as a play by play guy, because I know there are other people from there are people from the other team or out of town listening. When it's you, um, everyone that hears you is basically a battalion fan. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a little bit more leeway, uh, you, you know, when you're when you're doing play by play for a team. Yeah, you know, you, you're you have the broadcast. It is a home broadcast. But yeah. At the same time, you know, you have other markets that are that are listening to that broadcast. They're gonna say, "Oh, that guy's such a homer." But when you go to the rink, you expect that. Yeah. The PA guy to be the homer, <laughs> like, you know, I mean. It, Prime example is Andy Frost in Toronto. Yes. You know, when, you know, when there's an away goal, you don't get that Andy Frost growl that you yes. get when a Toronto, a Toronto Maple Leaf goal. Like, yeah. You don't get that for if the Montreal Canadiens. That's play. right. It, it's pretty monotone. And, and I think that's a, another thing about it is, you know, you want to kind of hype up the energy for, for a home goal or when your team comes out on the ice or, you know, big power play and stuff like that. And it's, it's great. And I think... A good PA announcer will create that atmosphere for you know in the in the building, and you see the the you almost don't even need that in the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. So good, but it, it it definitely adds to that atmosphere, and I think it adds to the experience. We both have an Andy Frost story, don't we? I mean, I've met him. You've met him. I, I and have met him. Yeah, he's a, was was he a, guy, yeah. was he a bit of an inspiration uh, to you when when uh, the battalion came to town and you thought, oh, I'd love to do the PA. Did you think Andy Frost uh, has been an inspiration to me on so many levels? Andy Frost was a guy that I listened to uh, when I was a kid on the radio, and I would try to mimic his voice, his voice uh, <laughs> on the radio, just as a radio jock. You know, listening, growing up, listening to Psychedelic Sunday, and then and then he became the the public address for the Leafs, and it's like, oh man, you know, now my idol is doing two of the things that I love the most. <laughs> That's right. And uh, so I, I kind of try to, not not necessarily mimic, but I, he's really inspired me in, in my style, I think, uh, being a, a PA announcer. And uh, I, I try to kind of do the things that, that he does because I think that he's, you know, I've been to a lot of rinks in, in the NHL and uh, I, I, I can't say there's one guy that's better than Andy Frost mm-hmm. in doing it. And, you know, I, I try to be that guy at uh, Memorial Gardens. So Yeah, I remember um, I, I got to do PA for the Lakers uh, a couple of times, and I 
definitely can say that I tried to do my best, Andy Frost. Like, because I knew, you know, I, I didn't know how many I was going, okay, I might get one or two chances at this. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try to ham it up it's a little bit. And easy, it's though. not easy. I, uh, a lot of people might not know this, but I did, I did a couple seasons, like three seasons down in what they call the jungle. The N-E-A-J-B-H-L. That's the Northeastern Alberta Junior Oh my Hockey goodness. <laughs> Do they also win for the longest acronym league? Yeah. Like So I did a couple <laughs> seasons down there. I did a season for the Junior A Bonneville Pontiacs out in Alberta as well. And uh, a couple championships, actually three championship seasons with the Cold Lake Ice. So, I mean, that was really cool to see. And uh, coming off that and then coming here first year, we went to the finals. I'm like, man, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Yeah, that's I mean, right. You, know, see, <laughs> you uh, are the good luck charm. That's I why guess, these teams go so me, far. Yeah. Although my luck hasn't been working as of late, but um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's that's that's interesting. Um, my Andy Frost story is uh, I got to meet him in Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, his his son his plays. Son plays for the, the that's right. And uh, stupid me, you know, it was a uh, it was at the end of a long trip. Um, did not get a lot of sleep in between the Saturday night game going into the Sunday afternoon game. So you get down to breakfast and you're just wiped. And uh, you said and, something stupid, didn't you? And Andy Frost is sitting there and I'm going, oh my God, that's Andy Frost. And he's wearing a Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds toque. So I say, hi, Mr. Frost. I'm Matthew Zucker. I'm the play-by-play guy for the North Bay Battalion. What brings you to Sault Ste. Marie? And he just stares at me and goes, well, my son plays for the team. <laughs> and I go, yes, he does. Morgan Frost, I should have made that connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but he is—he's like the nicest guy. Um, like he was genuinely interested in what I do, just traveling with the team and just getting a—you know—just and he was asking me how I got into it, and he seemed genuinely interested. Like it wasn't just like I'm gonna humor this guy. Yeah, it makes a big difference, you know, when you, yeah. you have a guy like that. And I think, you know, uh, to to be. As big as he is in in the, the you know the music scene, the radio mm-hmm. scene, and, and now in you know in hockey, in hockey and, yeah, and doing what he does, and to still kind of keep a level head and, and be modest, and, yes, and be an inspiration, and and just you know talk to people on the same level, yeah, you know you don't always see that, but uh, Andy struck me as a guy when I worked with him down in radio in Toronto, and I, I you know was going to the rink and, and kind of covering some of the Leaf games and met him here and there. Uh, he was always the nicest guy. And, mm-hmm. he, you know, the kind of guy that would give you the shirt off his back. Definitely. Maybe not a shirt, but the tie. But, yeah, sure. He'd give you the, the tie <laughs> off his neck. Neck? <laughs> where do you put ties now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so where did the Riley Bruce call come from? I mean, when did you when did you think of that? Um, <laughs> I think it was. I, I think it must have been two games in. I think I, I must have thought of it. Maybe my my second game into doing the because he didn't play a lot in the first season, right? He yeah, he was he was on the bench a couple times and and uh, I it just didn't really click in. And then I, I saw the name and I I kind of made that connection. Sure. Like with with Luongo and yeah. number one goes Lou. And I think that's the coolest thing, man. Yeah. You can say something, and then the crowd kind of, it, it's like a call and answer. The, the crowd responds to that. It's the coolest thing. And, yeah. And uh, you know, I was like, I'm going to try this out. And I just went, Riley, brew. 
Bruce, and then people Bruce loved back, it. Yeah, and, uh, that was it. It was it was born, and I, I just I absolutely love it. And that's the one question, or not even necessarily question, but comment that I get the most is. People come up to me and say, "Oh, I love when you say Robin Bruce." <laughs> Kujawinski was, was good too. Yeah. Really dry out. Kujawinski. Yeah. And so people love that, or or people come up to me and go, oh, "One minute to ceasefire." <laughs> yeah. I think did that not did that not confuse people um, the first time they played here in North Bay? Because like, what, what does that mean? Uh, well, our, our sound system wasn't all that great. <laughs> That's true. Season, so we got a $250,000 upgrade. Which, uh, which and really now makes, people know what you're saying. Yeah. One minute to ceasefire sound real crisp. So yeah. You can hear every signal. You can hear the saliva in my mouth when you say that now. Um, but uh, I think that's cool, you know, and, and it's what makes us. Um, that's what makes us unique and it makes Very. us different from every other, you know, team in the league. And I, I know there was a comment the other day about about the battalion changing their name, but I mean, if you have a franchise yeah. that's, I mean, this is, you know, this this franchise has a little bit of history, and you know, you got the guys that have that have come up through this system, mm-hmm. and guys like Duchesne. You know, guys like Cody Hodgson that, that have come up through sure. through this system that, uh, you know, have, have made a name for themselves in the NHL. And, and to go from one military market to another, even bigger military market here Huge. in North Bay, I, it just makes sense. And, yeah. and I think, you know, we have the upper hand. I think we're more unique than any other team in the league. And I think it was cool that, uh, that Scott Abbott kept the name. Yeah, I think so too. And they've done a wonderful job. Um, you know, I think it... I think people on one level should be happy with just having the OHL back in their in their city. Um, <laughs> there are still some people that, that will complain, but I mean, yeah. that, that, I think that's you know that's your right as a fan as well. Yeah, I, I think you know to an extent anyway. If you're a fan of a team and if you're paying to go to games, uh, you know you want to see it. And, and you want is, quality think, for your money. I think that's what some people forget is that it is at the end of the day, it is still a product. Yep. Um, but and a I, business. I think, I think you have to understand that. Yeah, it is a business, but these are still kids. Yeah. They're 16, 17, 18 years old, and they're going to make some mistakes, and not even just on the ice, but probably in their lives, just yeah. like I did, just like you did, just like everyone else has. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think we gotta kind of cut them some slack because they are kids. Yeah. And they're gonna learn from those mistakes just like we did in the past. And uh, and you know. But are they not? Are they not right now playing some inspiring hockey? I mean, especially this past week, three straight overtime games. You know, you can look at it on one side and say, well, they weren't good enough to win in regulation. But you can look at it on the other and say, two overtime wins and taking the best team in the East to the shootout. Um, I mean, they are. They're trying to show that if you play the battalion in the first round of the playoffs, A, it's not going to be easy, and B, you probably don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, You know, you look at coming into this year and, and the team losing, what was it, nine players after last year. You know, you lost Hampus Olsen, you lost uh, Alex Hendrickson, you lost Marcus McIver, uh, Brendan Miller. You know, Ryan Kujawinski, uh, Nick Mutri, Nick Paul. Exactly. You, know, you lose that. Ray Heater. A lot of big-name guys. <laughs> That you've lost, and that's a lot of your offensive production. And, you know, you lost some big names and leadership. On, on, the, on the defensive end. Yeah. And you lost your captain and leadership. And, you know, it just the list goes on. And so coming into this year, you know, now you have uh, this this kid, 
Michael Amadio, who is is pretty good, and we're we're trying to see how good of a season he's going to have. Uh, then you got this kid uh, Zach Bertina, who's a shining star, and you think it's going to, you know, he he's got to have a good season this year. I was hearing um, the were the letters MVP and, being thrown around, Zach Bertina. You know, you look at Zach Bertina in that first what was it, eleven games of the yep. season. He was phenomenal, and mm-hmm. you know he could have had a huge season. I remember talking to him after he got back from Rangers camp, and he said, "You know, man, he was so pumped about yeah. camp and how well he did." And I uh, said, "You know, you know, I might have an offer on the table." And then you know, just a, it. That's honestly, yeah. never, It's just such a tragic story with him. This is a kid that could have had a great career in the NHL, yeah. and uh, it, it was cut short. Um, you know, but. It's, it's, I don't even know. Yeah, it's, know, it's, it's, it's. I can't. I can't ever imagine how that feels. Like if and, somebody tomorrow were to come to me and say, you know, you can't do radio anymore. <laughs> you can't, you know, do the PA yeah. anymore. I'd be pretty bummed out. But yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's, I don't know what I would do with myself. So. But for the team to overcome that, you know, as well, they they lose Calvin Gomes, a guy that everyone had been yeah. anticipating for three years. Three years. It was a great story to get to see him on the ice a couple times, but then the doctors just said, no, man, you got to think of your life um, as opposed to just playing hockey for a couple years, right? So for the battalion to overcome all those early problems. And then, you know, the trade of of Miles Liberati, who was a leader, you know, in the dressing room on the ice, and, you know, he, he was... A great, he's a great. He is a he's very good defenseman. Defenseman, yeah. In the league, uh, offense, defense, kid does it all. And so now, you know, you don't have Zach Martina, you don't have Calvin Gomes, you don't have Miles Liberati. But somehow this team is still getting <laughs> done. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you look at uh, the addition of uh, Maurizio Colello. Yeah. Steve Harland. He's been, he's been fantastic. Steve Harland, uh, a kid that. It looked like before this season wasn't gonna play in no. the NHL. No, you know, and and so he, thank goodness that he came up. <laughs> yeah, and that's he right. To to play in the OHL, um, he's been fantastic. You know, yeah. I mean, he's a shining star. You, you can see how he led, you know, the uh, NOJHL last year. He's he's just a phenomenal hockey player, and he's uh, transferred that over to to making a pretty good early career for himself here in the uh, in the OHL so let's uh let's look at the the week that was for the North Bay Battalion start out Guelph comes into town Guelph statistic wise the worst team in the OHL this year not a lot of wins but they at Stan Butler alluded to earlier in the week had been playing better hockey as of they were, late they were the hottest team coming out of the Christmas break and all of a sudden the battalion and the Guelph Storm are tied going into overtime, and, uh, you know, the two teams are definitely in different places from where they were two years ago in the OHL Finals. But when Mike Amadio rang that puck off the post and it bounced over to Camp Deneen and he sent it into the net, for me anyway, there was a little bit of yes (laughs) because there was a little bit of what felt like redemption from the OHL finals. I know it's just a regular season win, but it was in the way it happened because Guelph basically, you know, stole that series in that finals on, on some late heroics and for yeah. the battalion to be able to flip the script, the, the script and do the same thing. it was, I, I was, I had to, I had to watch what I was going to say, but it was kind of like, 
way to go, guys. Like that, every, that felt good. Every single time there's a game when we're up by a couple goals and maybe the team struggles late, I think back to that game against yeah. Guelph. And I'm like, oh, this is well fall over again. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you look at that, and, and it's what ifs, and, and sure. you know, yep. could have been. But uh, yeah. you look at that game, you know, you're up 2 1. Nick Paul is, is breaking <laughs> down the wing. He takes the shot, goes in the net. 3 1. Your, your hands are up. Yeah. 2 1 series lead. This game is over. Yeah. 2 1 series lead. Uh, you know, now. You know, like things like the momentum is shifts is shift yep. in, in our uh, favor. Uh, then you know the referee puts his arm up. It's offside. That puck comes back. The the tick comes off the board. Guelph comes back, scores two goals, thirty seconds, wins the game, and then comes out with a big ten-one win yeah. in game four. And that's you know that's a, that's the the story there. Yeah, that, that was the series. So uh, <laughs> thinking about what could have been. Uh, then you know you have a game like this, and the crowd was really into it. And I think they felt yeah. the same thing. You know, I think you know nearly four thousand people in that crowd said the same thing. You know, these are the guys that beat us a couple of years ago. We want to come out here and and cheer on our guys and and kind of get that mm-hmm. you know that that feel of redemption and and kind of have that win here in this building. And, and they came out with a big win. Wraps around and he scores on the backhand. It gets past Jake Smith. And the Guelph Storm have tied this game at two. Same man, and it got through, but it's wide. Garcia with a rebound chance. Everyone's it's loose on the net. Smith picks it up, puts it over Jake Smith, and the Storm take the 3-2 lead with a minute remaining on their power play. Yeah, Jake Smith couldn't track the puck, but how about Smith's play to keep it in the zone? Deneen trying to get it out. Smith did a great job. Getting it back to the point, kept it in the zone. Across to the far side, Denis walks in, fires, it goes high off the glass. Back in play to the left side board, Samadio. Shot, scores! Scores! Cam Denis loads up the offense machine and he scores! It looked like Emmanuel had it, it went off the post, right to Denis. He buries it, and the battalion have tied it up 3 3. Yeah, for a brief moment, Matt. Uh, everyone thought the battalion had missed their chance. And uh, boy, uh, a good bounce. The hockey gods were smiling because it looked like that was their opportunity there. And uh, they shot it wide, but the puck came right back. Well, I mean, I was I was thinking it wasn't going to be the troops' day because Campanine had a really, really close shot, just grazed the top of the crossbar earlier. Yeah, I was, I was pretty mad after that, but luckily I got it back. One second to go, Wood fires it in. And we are going to overtime. Amadio has it, slowing things down as he brings the puck forward. On the left wing side, now he's got speed. He gets past McEwen, goes and shoots, scores! Hey, ho, Amadio! The battalion captain finishes this game off. 4-3 overtime win, and the battalion win back-to-back games at home. And then, you know, this is, I think you said this on Facebook the other day, this is the luckiest fan base in in the whole league. Yeah, you know, I don't you think so. You have a team that's competing for the division three years in a row. You have a team that has been uh, great in the playoffs. Yep. You know, you're, you're winning a couple rounds. You, the first year, you go to the finals. The, the second year, you go to the, the conference finals. 
And now this year, you know, you're fighting for the division again. It's 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 ridiculous to think. And your first first three seasons in a market doing that well, but that's what's and, happening here in North Bay. And they also they're they're not lying down to anybody. They've had they've had some tough games, but over a sixty eight game season, there's gonna be games where the guys just don't have anything in the tank and they just can't get up for a game or whatnot and 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 a lot of people were criticizing them for coming out flat against Sudbury but they just played their best game of the season (laughs) that's right this is a team that on paper and and I'm, I'm gonna be completely honest on paper this is not the Erie Otters you know on paper this isn't the Mississauga Steelheads or mm-hmm. you know the who, whoever else. There's so many good teams yeah. in the league. And the Sudbury Wolves. He doesn't have Ryan Strome and Alex. That's right. Pitt. You know, it's this is this is a team that and and don't get me wrong. You know, Mike Amadio has, has been one of the best players in the league this year. Uh, Matthew Santos has really picked it up as mm-hmm. a late. And Cam Deneen is is yes. the best defenseman, if not the best defenseman in the league this year. Um, but on paper, this isn't the, the best team. And for them to come out with a spirited win, which was all heart against Erie, yeah. you know, it's, that's, that's going to take a little bit off you. And to come out flat the next night in summary, it's, it's completely understandable. You know, you're not going to have your best game every night. And I think they gave their fans here in North Bay the best game of the season against, uh, against Erie. And, you know, they came back with another big one against Guelph. And and that that goes back in into the this past week against uh, Guelph and uh, and and Hamilton, um, you know, and and Kingston. The fact that maybe they were looking ahead to the Kingston game, but knowing that they're still gonna have to come out and play hard against the other two teams, and I think that showed that in the two overtime wins that they were going to they are going to stick around with any team, and they're going to play sixty minutes of hockey. Sometimes. It's not always going to go their way, but towards the end of the season now, they they are looking like they they know what they want to do, and now that they've got Riley Bruce back in the lineup, it's it's they're it's going to be a, a tough team to play. Factor. Having Bruce back in the lineup, and you saw the impact one game in. You know, you, you can see that that physicality that he brings to the game is you know you can't match it. It's he's a big body. He moves guys. Uh, he just lays the biggest hits at. At big times, you know, he's he's a clutch mm-hmm. guy, and and that's the kind of guy that you 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 love to have in your lineup. And he's really developed his game. You saw it late last year, and this year, I think he's been one of the the better defensemen, mm-hmm. if not one of the best defensemen on the team. And you can you can sense that the team isn't as good with him in the lineup, and him coming back against Kingston, uh, if without him in the lineup, I don't know that that game is as close. Is it is? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he had a fantastic game for his first game back after. He for had, sure. You could maybe be a little bit rusty after coming back after a ten game suspension, but I think he got right back into things. Yeah. He wanted. He was hungry to get back out on the ice, and he looked great again. Wrap around out to the front. The shot save made. Rebound comes back on the doorstep. Another save. It's in the air, and they punch it away. Lyle punches the puck away. It's off the boards and down the ice. This is one heck of a game. Shot stop. Rebound comes to Dedede. Scores. Camden Dean loads on the offense machine. His third goal in three games this weekend. And this one gives the battalion a 1-1 tie game. Right now for Jake Comment wearing his heart on his sleeve, trying to keep this game tied. Oh. Back out in front. What a save by Comment oh, as he wow. loves the front next. Yuho Lamico. No, no. 
got to be like save of the year. On the right side corner, 10 seconds to go, center front, and it's past him, and it's a no goal. Goal. No goal. And they're waving it off. They're waving it off. They're going to call goalie interference, and they're saying they kicked it in as well. Oh. What a save by Jake Comment. Oh my goodness, this kid is on fire. And we are going to go to a shootout. Robertson can win the game for the Frontenacs. Command way out to play it. Robertson through the 5 hole. He scores. This game is over. The Frontenacs win it in the shootout. A 2-1 finish. Uh, the battalion played in Hamilton uh, this past week. And uh, part of the podcast, we like to uh, kind of review the, the different buildings around the uh, OHL, the different arenas. Hamilton, top-notch. Um, you know, NHL style facilities, NHL style concourse. First Ontario Center was Cops Coliseum. Um, I've been there for a couple concerts before, never seen a, a hockey game there until I call this one against the Bulldogs. But, um, you know, aside from, I, I can deal with heights and I'm going to post this video <laughs> to our podcast. I took a video of how you get to the press box. It's very similar to the one in Oshawa. Got to go all the way up to the top. Walk across the catwalk, over the ice, and then get down to the press box area. But when you get there, it's this facility almost. There's like seven different rooms. There's a control room in there. The media have their own snack bar, I guess you can call it. Their drinks, coffee, tea, popcorn. So, yeah, very, you know, top notch. I know not every OHL franchise can afford that, um, but there there has to be a set standard. And I think, you know, for what we have in North Bay, it's decent. But I think they, you know, a little... I know people are already annoyed at the money that was spent on the gardens. But, you know, it's an old building. And, and sometimes I look at other rinks and go, you know, maybe a little bit more money to build a brand new facility might not have been such a bad idea. Your take on the gardens and just... Are we, are we talking about whether or not they should have just built a brand new building for the North Bay Battalion? Well... I mean, they spent enough money just renovating that building. Sure. I don't think the taxpayers would ever let that happen. I think uh, you can imagine how... Well, you know how mad people were when they went a couple million dollars over budget? Yep. How mad would they have been if they went like $10 million over budget, you know, yeah. I mean, it just, I, I don't think the money was, was really, but was that was a, really there, but was that more of just a PR blunder to say, we're only going to spend this much and then go, oops, we're actually spending this much as opposed to oh, saying, yeah, that's, uh, I, I mean, what's that, what's that old saying? It's better to, to act now and ask for forgiveness. Yes. That, that's the saying, right? Yes. I think it's something like that. Something anyway. like that. And, uh, and I think that's pretty much what they did. You know, I mean, three years in a row now, We've had three successful seasons, and no one's really talking about yeah. that, that money that we spent, and we've kind of swept that under the rug. Sure, and, you know, I just I, I don't see the money being there, but I think you know, I mean, it is an aging building, but uh, I, I think the things that they've done to Memorial Gardens have, have I, I've seen old pictures of the gardens, and then I look at it now, and I'm like, man, they've done yeah, uh, they've done some good work in there, and I definitely think, you know, with the sound system makes a big difference. You, you look at the first season. And it was just an old sound system, and you couldn't hear anything in yeah. certain parts of the rink. And they did a million different things to try to fix that. And they said, "Okay, look, let's spend a couple more bucks." And now we have one of the best sound systems in the whole entire league. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we put two hundred fifty thousand dollars into that thing, and um, 
it sounds better than the Budweiser Gardens. So yeah. Um. So if you if you get a chance uh, and you're down in the Hamilton area, I suggest to go see a, a Bulldogs game. I like just to experience a game in that kind of a facility. And they filled it up. I don't know if there was like a deal on tickets that night. There are a lot of families there, so I don't know if Fridays are like a family night kind of thing. But they filled up the lower bowl really, really well. So I got to commend Hamilton fans for doing that. Does it last there? I don't know. It's always, even when the AHL was there, it's always been a tough draw for hockey in that market. I feel as, I feel as though the Hamilton Bulldogs left and then came back and no one seemed to notice. <laughs> I, feel, they, I yeah. feel like a, a couple of people still think it's the exact same team, still think it's the AHL team. Yeah. Like, you know? That works. I, I think the best thing that they could have done was to keep the name because mm-hmm. you know you'll have you'll draw some of those old fans back over, and then you know I mean, uh, it's it's just it's a tough it's a tough market. It's it's mm-hmm. like it's like the Marlies in Toronto, or you know, if you were to have an OHL team in Toronto, I mean Mississauga, it's it's it's, it's close tough. enough, right? It's, it's and it's it is tough. tough. You look at the crowds and the crowds are scarce and you look mm-hmm. at, at Brampton and it just doesn't work because and, and I think it's because you have the Toronto Maple Leafs you know you have the Toronto Raptors um, you know you have the Toronto Marlies if, yep. if you don't want to spend top dollar on the Leafs and you want to go to a Marlies game Marley game are pretty cheap so you can get a ticket for those those games um, but it's just it's just too close to the Mecca and it just doesn't work in those markets, mm-hmm. and that's why they go to the Peterboroughs. That's why they go to the Kitcheners, uh, and, and you know it works in those markets, and and they have great teams and, and successful teams as well, and and I think that's why it works in in a market like this, or at least this time it is working in in this market. I don't think mm-hmm. this team uh, should have lost it. I don't think this city should have lost its team in the first place, but uh, I, I think hockey is here to stay. You look at this market; it's you know you know you're between. Quebec and, and and Ottawa and Toronto and it's just it's just such a hockey market you know yeah it's just so much hockey going on here some of the best players in you know in the NHL come mm-hmm. from Northern Ontario and uh, it's you know it, it's a good market for hockey people love the love the sport and people love the team and I think that's why they keep coming and I think that's why it's gonna be successful here in North Bay yeah and it has been successful for the uh, past three years so Brian it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast we'll definitely have you back again thanks uh, for all your insight and uh, giving us some background info on uh, the pa job one minute to ceasefire and i hope everyone enjoyed the show this week we'll have another episode next week all about the battalion thanks again for tuning in this has been the battalion blog podcast i'm matthew sucrum signing off